You're listening to the West Side Podcast, a part of the L.A. International Church of Christ family of churches, worshiping God in L.A. since 1989. Good morning. My name is Mark Felici. I'm a member of our campus ministry, and I would just like to wish you a Merry Christmas from the West Side Church. Uh, one of my favorite parts of the Christmas season are the Christmas carols by far. And my family, our personal favorite for a long time now, has been O Holy Night. And I think starting off our service, our Christmas service, there's no better way than reading some of the verses from this song. And so I'm going to read some of them briefly. Uh, and I think I'll explain why it means so much to me. And I think to all of us, it just get us in the right mindset to worship our Lord. So as we read, it starts off with, O Holy Night. The stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining, till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Fall on your knees. Oh, hear the angel voices O night divine, O night, when Christ was born. What I love about this passage of song is that it describes perfectly what Christmas is all about because it's so easy to get invested in the Christmas busyness of shopping, of family, which are all inherently not bad things, but they distract us from the meaning of Christmas. And what I love the line in particular that says, the sin of the world an error, and we were pining. And it says, when he appeared, when Christ appeared, the soul felt its worth. And I pray that we remember that, that when we were pining for something greater, that we all want this greater purpose, that we remember Christ came to bring us that. Not just that, but he came to bring hope. He came to bring joy. And one of the arguably most important is he came to bring Peace, And as we're going to have our lead evangelist, Steve Lounsbury, this, uh, this morning talking about shalom, which is the Hebrew word for peace, which is so much deeper than our English language can even comprehend. So as we listen to him, I pray that our hearts are transformed. And I just want to specifically give a special uh, shout out to those who maybe are hurting this Christmas season. If you've lost someone this year or if you've lost someone around the holidays, we're praying for you specifically. But I pray as well that you can remember what this Christmas spirit is all about. It's not about the busyness. It's not about the commercialism. It's about Christ coming to bring hope and peace. I'm going to pray for the service real quick, and then we'll get started. Heavenly Father God, I come before you right now just so grateful for the gift of your Son, that he came to be born in a lowly manger, not as a king with a calvary, but as a servant filled with love, grace, in truth. I pray this morning as we worship you, as we remember the birth of our Savior, that we can be filled with that same joy and peace. Love you so much. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hi, Westside. It's great to see everyone this Christmas Eve day. Really looking forward to sharing today's message. I remember when I was 10 years old, I had a conversation over the holidays about my my mom, with my mom, about her own propensity to worry about things. I'm not really sure all the reasons why. I know she said she would just uh, find herself worrying about day-to-day life. 
uh, the difficulties of her present and her future. And at that young age, I don't think I gave too many thoughts to it. I thought, well, sorry you have that, Mom. I hope you work through it. And I went on with my uh, day in life and, and got focused on the things I was doing. But later on in life, uh, I began to reflect a little bit on that propensity of my mom, and I realized, wow, sometimes that can creep into my life. And I think, in fact, the idea of being anxious can creep into everyone's life in our world. Uh, we can fall prey to anxiety about uh, what God uh, thinks of us, what others think of us, and even what we think about our own life. And anxiety sometimes can overwhelm us. Uh, grateful for the messages we get in God's Word that guide us out of that. I know one of my favorite passages in my early days of studying the Bible uh, was from Philippians 4, and it talked about how we're to rejoice in the Lord always and to recognize that we are to not be anxious about anything, but through prayer and petition present our requests to God. And so anxiety is something all of us can face. And I pray today would be a great message to help you overcome it. As we look back on uh, 2023 and how the year went, we want to reflect on God's plan and what worked, what didn't work. And we want to see that God has a great message in store for us. And we read a passage from the prophet Isaiah who wrote in 700 B.C. And he wrote in the book of Isaiah, in verse 6 of chapter 9, a very famous verse that we read during the holidays. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Or the Hebrew word for peace, Shalom, the Prince of Shalom. And Shalom is the Hebrew word for peace, but it means far more. Life is complex, and when life is out of order, it needs to be brought back into a wholeness or a completeness. And this is what shalom means. It is both a noun and has a verb form. It is a state of completeness, wholeness, soundness. It means to have tranquility of soul, a quietness. I like the Philippians 4 passage because it says, Let your gentleness be evident to all. Several weeks ago, I was heading off to church and I was thinking about the many things going on in the fellowship and all the complexities of the holiday season. But that verse stood out to me. And I thought, can I walk slowly through the crowd? Can people notice a gentleness about the way I carry myself? And that's not always been my strength, I freely confess. And so today's lesson is on the idea of shalom. And I want to thank uh, our West Side congregation, my wife, and I had the privilege this summer of really experiencing a taste of deep shalom as we went on a planned ministry sabbatical. And God opened our eyes to really his plan for, I think, all Christian life, that we can live in rhythms that bring a deep peace and a great sense of uh, patterning and slowness to the way we do life so that we feel a lack of anxiety, but rather a, a sense of deep hope and a deep presence being in the now and not always looking for where we might go next. And so today I want to talk a little bit about our shalom and looking back at the year, looking back at what God has done this past year. Do you feel a sense of shalom in your life? You know, in Hebrew culture, they often use the word shalom as a simple greeting, uh, that you're, you pass by a friend and, and you say shalom. 
and you mean that, hey, I want that to come into your life. May your life be blessed. May you have well-being. Actually, the priestly blessing from Numbers chapter 6 ends with this idea of may his face shine upon you and give you shalom, which is what we all are aspiring to as we walk with God and as we walk with Christ. Today, ask yourself, do you have a peace, a shalom in your present reality? Do you really experience the peace of God? Do you sense uh, his presence in your life as you go throughout your day? As you consider your relationships, as you reflect on who you really are deep with inside of you, God has a dream for the entire human race to experience shalom. His dream is for all of us watching and listening today. And he provided the greatest gift. It's the season of gift giving. But the greatest gift is what we reflect on at this time of year. And that's the gift of his son who was sent to bring shalom to all the world. Let's read together one of the passages about his birth. And that's in Luke chapter 2, verse 1 through 7. He says, in those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should register. Skip down to verse 4. It says, Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. That's the Revised Standard Version of the verses there in Luke. And I find it really interesting that the early Hebrews, the early Israelites, those that were called by the census to register, the early Romans, they certainly could relate to our busy culture that I know Mark referenced in his welcome. We have such a busy time. I always think, oh, I love the holidays because we're going to get just a break from the regular rhythms. Things are going to be different. It's going to be fun. And it is fun. However, it's busier than we often think it will be. And certainly in this situation, they, they called this big census and we find a circumstance where our Lord's parents arrive in their hometown and yet there's no room. The busyness, the activity of the day made it even difficult for God's planned gift to the world to find what might be considered a suitable place to spend the night. And God had a plan. I want to continue to read, and we'll reference this later. But in verse 8 it says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. This peace was to come through the gift that God was bestowing on all mankind, a baby, the Savior, right? The Messiah, the Anointed One, the Lord. 
and he was named Jesus, which means the Lord is salvation. God knew that we deep in our soul long for harmony and peace and tranquility. And yet the difficulties of our, of our world, the circumstances that come into all our lives can bring great difficulty in finding that peace. And so he sent a son to show us the way. And I like verse 14. It says, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. As you look back on 2023 and reflect on the gift of Jesus, does shalom describe your life with God, others, and yourself? As we reflect on glory to God in the highest, it really shows us that God's intention for peace, he says, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Well, who is that? It's those who glorify God as God. I like Romans 1, where the scriptures talk a little bit about the wrath of God coming on earth. And at times, I, I in my prayer times, I think, Lord, it'd be good for you just to send your wrath and end it all. The world's a mess. I mean, sometimes the headlines are are overwhelming in pain as you read the difficulty and the division and the death and the war and the evil that men invent. It's a painful thing to look at. And I pray sometimes God end it. But the truth of the matter is, God's intention is to be patient with each of us. And his favor does rest on us. His wrath is here in many ways on the lives of many who won't submit. But his goal is to turn the hearts of mankind to him. His goal is that we would have shalom. And it comes from those who glorify God as God. And it comes to those who give thanks to him. And if I could say, I know this is a time of pain for many, but every one of us should be able to give thanks. And giving thanks takes a deliberate decision to be grateful for the specific things and the specific circumstance. Even if they're not what you intended, God is working. He's working to help you see his presence. And he asks us to give thanks even for the breath of life. And you know, and as you think about peace, one of the things you're going to learn as you study Shalom, it has a lot to do with your breath. You know, the Spirit of God that was poured out on mankind had to do with breathing. The Ruah of God. To breathe in, to experience God's presence, you're going to have to take a deep breath. You know, the angels in the story, it says they're afraid, but the, the, Angels tell them, I'm sorry, the angels weren't afraid. It was the shepherds who were afraid. And the angels tell them, do not be afraid. Something that each of us need to take to heart. It's a, a comment mentioned often by Jesus as he's revealing the truth to his people. Do not fear. Fear not. God does have our best interest at heart. Sadly, we're often perfectionists, right? And we don't feel like... Things are in the right place. We don't feel like our lives are going the right way oftentimes. And we wish things were perfect. We wish things were working out. We have this agenda we'd like to have fulfilled. We have this picture of all our ducks, so to speak, being in a row. But I want you to consider the birth of Jesus as an example. Were all the ducks in a row? Was everything just perfect? Well, actually, it was perfect the way God intended, but not the way our human minds would expect, right? For the... the ultimate royalty of all creation, the the perfect, the Son of God, to be born, not 
in a, a nice, clean, well-made room at an inn, but instead actually in the barn, placed in a feeding trough for animals at his birth. And so they adapted and made do. And I think God is calling us to understand that's part of gaining peace, is you have to adapt. You have to understand that things are never as bad as you think, and they're never as good as you think. But you need to look for God in every situation. And as you look back over this past year, consider how was your shalom? Did you have a sense of wholeness and completeness? Did unforeseen circumstances get in the way of you feeling peace? You know, God says, be still and know that I am God. Often we're caught up in our own business and maybe we don't have room in our inn, so to speak, for the Lord. But if you'll make just a little space, many commentators think, well, the innkeeper said, well, you can at least stay in the barn outside. There's some shelter there. There was a little room, a glimpse of openness. And if you'll open yourself up just a little to God, a miracle is possible. For those of you listening today, I hope that you'll open yourself up. You know, your shalom with God is the most important part of peace that you need to establish. A deep peace, recognizing that God sees us as we are and longs for us. He's provided a salve for our wounds. And he sent Jesus to help us have peace with him. We belong to him. Whatever you have done, you can be reconciled. Wherever you have been, you can be in a new place. God wants us to grasp that his peace is a peace that passes understanding. Please recognize that this morning as we reflect on his gift. And I want us to just... Think about past the past year. Some incredible things happened. I reflect on all the new lives who opened the door of their heart. They found a peace from God. They made decisions to put Jesus first. They were baptized. Even the last couple of months, I think of uh, Yao and Bless and Nathaniel and Robert and Alec and Pedro. And there were so many more throughout the year. But these these men said, Jesus is Lord, just in the past few months. You know, the peace of God, the shalom enters in when we open up just a little bit. How are you doing this year? Reflect on it. How is your shalom with God? Is there a lingering guilt that you need to work out? Maybe it's time for some great conversations with somebody you really trust. Maybe it's time for some deep study, an understanding of, of how much God adores us. His favor rests upon us. If you're listening today, it's because your heart is moved to care about God enough to listen to a message. So his favor is for you. His shalom is for you. What about peace with your neighbor? What about your shalom with the people that are near you in your homes, in your family, how about your brothers and sisters right here in the local West Side congregation? How about your coworkers? How about friends you've had from years ago? How about family members that oftentimes you've had difficulty with? How's the sense of shalom as you look back on the completeness and the wholeness of that? God wants harmony in our relationships. He doesn't want a polarization. I know we're coming on a year where things can be very polarized in America. And we're going to be talking about shalom looking forward next week. Today we're talking about our shalom as we reflect on last year. And I want you to ask yourself, does love cover over a multitude of sins 
in your relationships? Can you say that your love is beaming bright and wide in your relationships? If so, love's going to heal and bring peace and you're going to feel a sense of shalom. You know, in Matthew 18, Jesus does talk about one of the solutions and he gives us a very practical answer to working through conflict. And I want to call on, on all of us here listening. We aren't to, if we're hurt by somebody, it says in Matthew 18, we don't bring 10 other people involved and tell everybody, hey, this person did this to me. We go to that person and in humility, in humility, we talk to them. We ask them to see what they've done and to work it out and come to a place of shalom with our friends and with our family. And if we can't get there in a one-on-one talk, we bring in a trusted advisor or two or three, and we bring the, the matter before more people so that we can bring our relationships to true shalom. God wants that for every one of us. And people are difficult, right? We all can cause problems. I, I know I can be difficult. Uh, I could go on and on about the things I do. I can be stubborn. Um, I can be overly forceful at times. Uh, I can have unrelenting expectations of people, sometimes my own family, and sometimes I can feel unloving. But God wants peace, and he wants you to feel that shalom with people in your life. And so I, I pray there would be no polarization in our fellowship, but true unity, a connection, a commitment to faith, family, and friendship. And as CJ talked last week, the answer to the illness of isolation and loneliness is connection. And as a congregation, we believe in the mantra of belong, believe, become, because God said, you belong with me. Even now, when you haven't fully changed everything, I want to help you know I love you. Now, part of truly belonging is he crafts us into souls that believe and hold to his message. And we become sons and daughters and brothers and sisters who can live in harmony. You know, the last thing for you to reflect on is how are you doing with your shalom within yourself? How's that going? How do you feel deep inside about your own identity, your own wholeness, your own sense of peace, who you are, how you're living, what your purpose is? Have you been distracted? I know for me this past year, I learned slowing down is crucial to seeing God. Taking time each day to reflect. Sometimes not saying anything, not listening to anything, but just silence can help you get in touch with who God intends for you to be. And here's who you are today. If you're listening, you are who God says you are. Your identity is wound up in your relationship with God. We are people who are loved by God, but at the same time need to have a sober estimate that Jesus died for us, but he also died because of us. And when, when we put those two infinite concepts together, we get a sense of our identity. And our identity is one of being loved. Our identity is one of being useful. Our identity is one of having mission. Our identity is one of having purpose. Our identity is one of belonging to him, to his family, and to one another. This year, I hope that you tasted a bit of that shalom in your own self. I know for me, I went on a journey, a journey of self-discovery, 
of great discussion. I'm so grateful for my new friendship with CJ as we partner together uh, teaching and preaching and sharing on the West Side. And I love uh, his willingness to dig into to deep issues of our own identity. And as we do that with each other, it's helping us grow. So thank you, CJ. And I pray you as well have a friend who's asking the hard questions in your life about things that, that God intends for you to grow in and change. As we close out and take communion today, I want to reflect on the ultimate answer to Shalom, and that is Jesus. And we read in Colossians 1, verse 19, talking about Jesus. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Reflect on God's gift today. Jesus came to say we're valued and he wants us to have peace. And he gave his own life to bring us to God. So we can have a true shalom with him. And as we have shalom with our father, we have shalom with one another. And as we reflect on this, we begin to know who we actually are. Sons and daughters chosen and gifted by God. Let's go to God in prayer as we reflect on what he's done in this great gift. Father in heaven, thank you so much this morning for the shalom that you grant us for the opportunity to have a harmony and a tranquility inside our souls. Thank you for Jesus sending him, him giving his life, Lord, for shedding your blood to make peace with us through what you've done on the cross. Father, we thank you for your body that your son sacrificed. Jesus, we're thankful for the blood that you shed to give us a new chance to give us true shalom in our inner being. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You're listening to the West Side Podcast, a part of the L.A. International Church of Christ Family of Churches, worshiping God in L.A. since 1989.